TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Hour number one of the get right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What up? Regal Mendoza holding it down for you here on your turn it on, leave it on station. 105.3 The Fan. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey after text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation with you for the next four hours here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Attitude if you want to get at us on Twitter. If you want to follow Rigo there on X or whatever they're calling it these days, uh, at Rigo Mendoza ETC. It's funny because I woke up this morning and I realized, oh, the Twitter app had changed over to the X. I was like, what the hell is this X on my on my phone? And then realize, oh, this is this is still the same same thing I've been working with for years now. It's just X. Still Twitter for me. It's always going to be Twitter for me. That's where I feel like it's going to be for me. Um, Haley Sutton tonight going to be joining us on the program. She's going to be joining us at 820 live from Oxnard, California. Day one of pads for your Dallas Cowboys today. And they were getting after it in practice. CeeDee Lamb, who was a terrific interview on Sean and RJ, which you heard this morning. We'll have some thoughts and reactions to what he had to say specifically when it came to Dak and his controlling of this offense. So plenty of Cowboys talk. As I mentioned, Haley Sutton of DallasCowboys.com. She's going to be joining us at 820 at 9 o'clock tonight. A little NFL quarterback tears as the Athletic has put together its quarterback tears going into 2023. Where does Dak Prescott fall, the 30-year-old man, uh, find himself in this year's quarterback tears? Plenty to get to tonight here. On the get right, it was, though, a hell of a weekend, Reg, for your Texas Rangers. Maybe not so on the diamond. Absolutely not so on the diamond, unfortunately. Uh, But at the same time, a lot of moving and shaking because Chris Young remained aggressive with several moves to try and put this team in position to get after an AL pennant during the rest of the season. Yeah, man. Um, It starts with the, the big name of Max Scherzer. Um, Woo! <laughs> Mad oh. Max, baby. Okay, so it sounds like you're in favor. You're fond of this. M-I-Z-Z-O-U. That's right, baby. Oh, That's right. Proud Missouri that. Tiger. That's right. That that's right. thing you're being. Um, relax, relax. No, okay? man, like that's that's a great look, especially when you consider like the amount of money that is being, uh, that's being brought over alongside Max Scherzer from uh, Steve Cohen and the Mets. Shout out to Steve Cohen and his billions. Yeah. Um, and (laughs) the nice part about this is like, you got a controllable asset, right? Like, so when we talk about the idea of losing Jacob DeGrom, not just for this season, but for a good amount of next season, maybe, you know, all of next season, depending on how he recovers from that Tommy John surgery, um, you have a pitcher, maybe not exactly, um, the same ilk, but a guy who can easily be your second best pitcher in this rotation. 
And, you know, if he's if he shows up with, you know, the type of play every once in a while, he can he can get up to ace type pitching. Right. Like he's not always going to be an ace anymore, but every once in a while he can dial it up to ace type pitching. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic for one in this rotation. When you look around and you had uh, outside of, you know, Evaldi and Gray and Dunning, you had some guys that were not giving you um, one consistency and two, you were not getting that level of pitching. So you get this to enable to like kind of stretch that out and he's a dude who has postseason uh capable like he's been there he's been there in the postseason he knows what it is to pitch in there so now you have that guy to your rotation in addition to jordan montgomery and then i like i said before i moved to jordan montgomery obviously max scherzer you're gonna have him into next season as well so like that helps this rotation um when you had you know some things that you had to figure out some guys that you had uh short term this is another guy that you have a little bit longer term at least into next season uh for 2024 but again this is for this postseason because you also had Jordan Montgomery. And so now if you look at the guys just of who is, I guess, relatively healthy because Evaldi goes on the fifth or the 10 day IL um, due to, you know, kind of fatigue. If he's healthy or when he's healthy, I should say, right? Knock on wood. You have three guys that you know and you feel confident in that you can run out there when it comes to the rotation uh, in the postseason. In fact, you probably have four guys mm-hmm. that you feel really confident in when you talk about Evaldi. Talk about Scherzer, talk about Montgomery, and don't forget John Gray has had a pretty damn good season. The the Max Scherzer trade for me represented, you know, something that I love to say when it comes to this particular show. Uh, scared money don't make money. And Max Scherzer is the epitome of scared money don't make money because if you're going to make this move, you are hoping that Mike Maddox, who Max Scherzer's had terrific success under, yep. winning not one but two Cy Young Awards while working in tandem with Mike Maddox, the good is that he can hopefully – get him back to a point where he's contributing significantly to this rotation going forward for the rest of the year. The bad is the idea that right now Max Scherzer has a 4.01 ERA, which is the worst since 2011. And he's given up 23 homers this year, which is the most in the national league before he switched leagues. Yeah. The one thing I can say to that, um, obviously Max Scherzer uh, giving up a whole bunch of home runs, not fun. This is a larger ballpark. Mm -hmm. So like it's going to play a little bit more to a pitcher's benefit in that way. And if there is an instance where giving up home runs, you know, is maybe a little bit easier to deal with when you look at the run support that you will get out of this offense, especially when healthy, right? Thanks that I have to keep saying that. But um, this is a place that's going to make that go a little bit better. And uh, on top of that, what you mentioned when we talk about um, coming out of, you know, your pitching coach, being able to be familiar with him and hopefully get him back to as close uh, to whatever 100% Max Scherzer is at this point. The money ain't scared when it comes to Ray Davis in this organization. Chris Young talking about the acquisitions of Jordan Montgomery on Bally Sports. Here's what he had to say about their newest acquisition. We um, had an opportunity to acquire another starting pitcher and a veteran reliever that we think will both help us. And um, Jordan Montgomery is having a tremendous year. Um, We felt like one of the better starters on the market. And um, we felt like, given where we are, uh, that we needed to continue to upgrade our rotation. We addressed that. Um, And Chris Stratton is going to slide right into the bullpen. I think that, um, you know, it's going to take a little pressure off some of the young guys that we've been depending on. Um, Again, a veteran player uh, who's played for Bochan Maddox, and um, he'll fit right in here. And we're excited to get them both. I mean, since the theme here, when it comes to the acquisitions <laughs> that the Rangers have made for their pitchers. Well, I mean, obviously the dudes that have played for guys on your staff, but I think more importantly is dudes that have played a little bit, right? Like th- this level of experience going into the postseason, it feels like this is a team that's gearing up for the postseason, right? This is a team that looked up at, at uh, or I guess this is a front office 
let me say it more pointedly, that looked at this team and said, oh, this is this is good. This is working. And you cannot take uh, years where you look some level of good, some level reasonably good for granted. And so, like, no, push your chips in and see. And, of course, like, when I say push your chips in, they have not traded any prospect that is, you know, that was kind of being slotted into the major league roster at least in for a the big very, way. At least for the very near future. Right. They, they were, they've not, they've traded, obviously, they've spent when it comes to, you know, some of your, your farm. But you did not mortgage the future in any way. Correct. Luis Angel Acuna is a very good player, very good prospect, top 100. However, he was blocked to the major league he level. He wasn't going to become coming anytime soon. Right? Like, he's not going to play second because you have Mark Simeon Correct. on a long-term contract. He's not going to play shortstop because you have uh, Seager for a long-term contract. He couldn't even slide over to third base if he wanted to. Right? Nope. Like, there's not may, – maybe you were going to bring him up and figure out how to play him in left field, right? Like, there wasn't a place for him to play – um, and that's like this is the benefit of having a deep farm is that now you can turn that around and get use that to get things that you need. Um, but also like Evan Carter's still in the fold. Owen White's still in the fold. Like the, a lot of the pitchers that you were looking at as or not just pitchers, a lot of the prospects rather that you were looking at as, OK, these are the guys that are at the higher points of your farm that you anticipate hopefully integrating into your team in the next one, two years. Those guys are still in the fold. And maybe some of those guys or one of those guys or whatever is used to end up getting you. Uh, well, actually, that'd be probably um, too expensive, too pricey to get you um, maybe one of what I'd consider a finishing piece when we talk about a back end of the rotate or of the bullpen reliever. But no, I, I think that they've done they've been aggressive without being foolish. And that's too like that's reasonable. Now, again, someone mentioned uh, from the two and four. We need Jonah. Yeah. Jonah Heim. Coming back would be very helpful, or mm-hmm. I mean, then you would have to have Mark Look at more, Gar- more Mitch Garver yeah. or Sam Huff have to take a lot of the, a lot of the catching uh, brunt, and uh, obviously also behind the plate has been a very big thing for Jonah Heim. So having to get uh get some level of production there is going to be, but like you look at what you've gotten um, in this trade deadline, you've gotten veteran guys who know what they're doing in these circumstances, and also it always bears to remember when you add things in. It also shifts the way that your rotation or your bullpen or what have you is situated. So now guys like Alex Spies mm-hmm. and um, Grant Anderson can slide into more reasonable positions for them. Not right? nearly as much pressure on those guys. Yes. And then also like Andrew Heaney, who's been a little inconsistent. Martin Perez, who's been really inconsistent. They can maybe slide into either lower leverage or maybe even into the bullpen and, you know, eat innings in instances. Or, you know, it, it allows you to maybe better position guys who are having to carry too much weight. Up to this point, I think I love the thought process in which Chris Young and this organization organization has gone about the trade deadline as we are less than 24 hours from the conclusion of the MLB trade deadline is that number one, Chris Young remains true to who he has been so far as general manager and leader of this organization, which is aggressive. Yeah. But two, he brought in guys that knew exactly who they were going to be dealing with in terms of their pitching coach and Mike Maddox. And when you're trying to make this thing go on the fly, hey, y'all know who this dude is. Y'all come in here. Y'all know what you expect and come handle business, and you're able to at least lessen some of that learning curve from an organizational standpoint because you got a guy who's entrenched already in Mike Maddox who can help lessen that learning curve and help these guys get comfortable as quickly as they can, knowing the kind of pressure that's going to be on them to contribute to a pennant race. That's what these guys in Montgomery Stratton and Max Scherzer are hopefully going to bring to this Rangers ball club. Yeah, that's great. It can't be done. Don't stop here. Like it just, it, I, mm-hmm. I don't think that you can win if you stop here because, again, these are guys who can go six, maybe seven innings, and all right, cool, right? Like in instances, um, especially if, in Montgomery's case, right? If you have that lead, and now you're turning to a bullpen that still has been shaky 
right? Like that's not a place that you want to be, particularly in not just high leverage situations, the most high leverage situations when we start talking about postseason baseball. Mm -hmm. And again, in a tight race for the AL West that's only gotten tighter as the Astros have gone, what? Um, They've gone six and four in their last 10, but you have gone three and seven, right? You have been in a skid, right? Obviously, there's still a lot of baseball to be played like that. There's there's still some figuring out to be done in that way. But like, look, man, um, you do not want to give yourself a situation where you are depending upon just the bullpen that you have right now to close out all of these games because we've seen it be way too shaky for all of the season, even after adding a uh, uh, Chapman. Like, I, I need you to add another high leverage back of the back of the bullpen pitcher to solidify this and give you give Bruce Bochy all the tools necessary to then be able to call in what we typically refer to him as a, you know a masterful bullpen manipulator and you know pitching guru in a way that race as you mentioned in the AL West got even tighter this weekend because unfortunately the Rangers found themselves getting swept in San Diego no balls two strikes the pitch from Hader Swing and a ball lifted high into the air down the right field line. Tatis on the move, crosses the line, foul ground. He's got it. And the San Diego Padres sweep the Texas Rangers. A team in San Diego who came into this weekend series 49-54 and 54, was able to take all three games at home against the Rangers, which made not only the trades that they made that much more important, but now as you look forward going into the month of August and September, the Astros now are right there, only a game behind the Texas Rangers. So these moves are going to have to have impact immediately because right now the Rangers are not only banged up, the pitching has not been great for the month of July, and now you are entering the month of August in the middle of a real dogfight now with an Astros team that hasn't necessarily been great, but at the same time has kept themselves in position to be able to fight for this division going into the month of August now. And they've kept themselves in that position while getting healthy. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they were they were the beaten bruise and they're coming to a place where they've gotten back, you know, the Jordan Alvarez, the big bat in their lineup. They've gotten back Jose Altuve, right? Like they're getting healthier whereas the Rangers have, you know, had some they've had some knocks of yeah. late in addition to and maybe this is the reason why I don't lose my mind behind the Padres sweep, which I mean it's not a good thing by any means and I'm not feeling great about it, but I don't lose my mind behind it because you look at this rotation and one the pitchers that went are they they are they're tired like Martin Perez we knew what was happening Cody Bradford started a game for you um and that's not some the Cody Bradford has been a you know a trooper in hopping up here and kind of taking taking punches mm-hmm. in a way you know having to be a starter in a way that I don't know that he is fully equipped for um at this point for the major league level so now these reinforcements are super necessary it's it's just an additional level why it was necessary because you look at this rotation and it has been stretched very thin as we get as we got closer to the trade deadline which is tomorrow it's going to be a big day to see if this Rangers team could add possibly another bat. They have obviously gone out and got much more pitching when it comes to Max Scherzer. Multi-time Cy Young Award winner, World Series champion, now having a chance to help this team move forward in the AL West as the New York Mets continue the dismantling of their roster. Let's say even a Justin Verlander. We've heard reports that the Rangers I might still. I can't see them trading Verlander. I couldn't see it either, but at the same time, I didn't think this whole Max Scherzer thing sure. would come together. And, and with, with also coinciding money with him. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I get where they were not winning the season, so sell. 
I don't think that they're trying to tear that whole thing down, right? I don't think Steve Cohen put in all that money for them to have to start again in the offseason. Uh, and it's reporting is Verlander is still interested in being there if they are planning on trying to then go it again next season. And I imagine that Steve Cohen didn't put in all that money in the offseason to then go, all right, well, I'm done paying, right? And I think that was a one-time go for him. It seems to me like what's going to happen is obviously they'll sell off some parts here at the trade deadline. Then they'll get to the offseason and try try and you know restart this thing again and try and go and buy their way into contention as the Mets with Steve Cohen's uh, big-ass wallet. <laughs> it's interesting because they've already moved off of their best reliever outside of Edwin Diaz, who, of course, was lost for the season during the World Baseball Classic as David Robertson was traded. Now they move on from Scherzer. Verlander could be on the move. Uh, so we will see as the MLB trade deadline is less than 24 hours away. Your Rangers still could be making moves to help improve this ball club. It's the Get Right Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next on your home of the Dallas Cowboys, CD was communicating quite well today with Sean and RJ. What he had to say about Dak's control of this offense and a warning to the rest of the National Football League. Next on The Get Right. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105. Three of the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. Regal Mendoza holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey. have CD talking today to Sean, RJ, and Bobby in Cowboys training camp. What CD had to say about this particular warning he had for the rest of the National Football League at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula if you want to get at us on Twitter coming up. At 7.40, we go around the National Football League where Jim Ursay really said this this past weekend because he was wilding in Colts training camp when it came to Jonathan Taylor. We'll go around the NFL, get you caught up on the latest news and notes, uh, as well as Aaron Rodgers was wilding. Too. I, I don't know what was going on this weekend or what was in the water um, because you got quotes from Aaron Rodgers going off on Sean Payton. Uh, Jim Ursay just wilding, period, because, you know, he does that from time to time. Uh, just a lot going on uh, with a lot of things that a lot of people had to say this weekend in and around the NFL. I mean, it's training camp. A lot of cameras and microphones in front of folks. High liability, high possibility <laughs> something that's going to happen. Um, and, of course, we are live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. We are also live on YouTube as well. Search 105 through the fan on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button while you are there. Check out all of our terrific content. And uh, make sure you watch some of that. Help out Carter. He's doing a lot of terrific work. I mean, you don't want to. like. It's not like you're doing Carter a favor. There's a lot of good stuff coming out of camp you want to see. I was just naming him because, you know, he the one putting the video. No, I'm saying, I, the, like, no, <laughs> Carter does group work. but <laughs> On the screen. Don't don't make it sound like, you know, people are doing us a favor. No, no, no. You're doing yourself a favor because there's some great stuff on there. Don't, I'm not worried about none of them. Oh, okay. It's, it's Carter's show. <laughs> Speaking of camp and all that content was coming from, uh, appreciate Sean, RJ, and Bobby because they had a terrific and one hell of an interview with CeeDee Lamb. And he had a lot to say on a lot of different things. And we'll get into some of these takeaways here. Uh, I want to start with cut number 11 uh, because I thought this is one of the more illuminating statements that he made during his near 20-minute conversation uh, with the morning crew. 
Uh, CD, is there any difference so far with McCarthy's offense from Kellen Moore's offense? Really not much, honestly. Just, you know, the way different play calling, of course. But uh, it's just it's, it's a lot more simpler. You know, all the offense is in Dak's hands now. Um, it's not necessarily, you know, being called from Mike or Kell mm-hmm. since last year. But now it's all in, it's all on Dak. Like, higher he's feeling versus the coverage, if he like the matchup, we're going to call that play. If he likes whatever he likes versus zone, he's going to call that play. So, technically, it's all in Dak's hands. And, um, yeah, and we're moving much faster at a different pace. And just the ability to go out there and play freely is, I mean, you can see it as fun. The offense is in Dak's hands. He is in control of this offense, which I find to be very interesting because over the last several years, one of the things that people have, you know, praised Dak Prescott for is his ability to diagnose what's happening in front of him. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes the decisions that come after that may have drawn criticism and continue to draw criticism, especially last year with some of the interceptions that we saw, whether it be dropped interceptions that weren't necessarily on him, but some of the decisions that he made that were on him based on what he's seeing. But if he's going to be in full control of this offense and being able to diagnose what he sees and then make the calls off of that, and Mike McCarthy's empowering him to do so, hopefully for the 30-year-old, that means the decisions that he's going to make will be better based on what he's seeing and that way, this play purpose that we've been talking about throughout the course of this offseason and in the training camp now comes to fru- full fruition because of the communication that's going to be having these receivers and him on the same page throughout the course of this season. Yeah, um, I found this interesting just like everybody else has got people buzzing. Of course, there was some folks that just wanted to make the interception joke, which you, you don't feel unoriginal doing that. Like y'all be y'all making that joke like you think that that's brand new. <laughs> you thought that was the banger anyways um at this point it's a little played at this point <laughs> look i get it like if, if you feel like dak prescott is prone to interceptions and not good i get how that's where you go i also ask you like hey man let's step the game up how about that right like let's step the joke making game up <laughs> you, you know find a little more creative I, original I, content i'm not saying you can't make the jokes go ahead and do that if it's funny a joke's greater than facts <laughs> I, I, I i fall in that but please do good jokes how about that um no but like speaking specifically to the thing I did have like a moment of pause thinking about it because I've thought about the times in which um, it felt like Dak Prescott would not check out of things or not check to certain things. And it made me wonder how much like how much was he handcuffed in the past when it comes to checking out of things? And I like that is a genuine question. That's not me trying to like make a point. Was he was he handcuffed? Was he not? Was he just deciding not to check out of things, being loyal to what the play call was like? What was going on there? And if that is being the case, like. Does just, you know, putting it in his lap and saying, here, you have free reign in making these decisions. Does that is that make it better or does that make it worse if he if he was indeed? Of course, I'm operating in a lot of ifs and hypotheticals. But if in, if it was indeed that he had the freedom to check out of stuff and change stuff and he was a little you know hesitant to is giving him more something that's going to be good. Now, all of that is hypothetical. One thing I will say is I do look forward to the idea because we've heard a lot of people, smart football people that oftentimes are smarter than me. Um, I, I'm not going to speak to you because I like I don't want to compare you in that way. I don't know. You might be smarter than them, too. Uh, but a lot of smart football people <laughs> talk about how good he is at diagnosing and processing pre-snap. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that seems to fall in line with the idea of seeing stuff out there and calling plays and maybe calling adjustments or what have you, hot routes, what have you, um, to put them in the best situation. In addition to, and I can't remember who it was, it might have been Jake Ferguson um, earlier or last week with Sean and RJ talking about how wide receivers are out there 
and more like they have more of an idea on not just what they're running, but why they're running it mm-hmm. when it came to like install and such. That and actually, purpose, no, that was, yeah. was Jalen Tolbert. It was Jalen Tolbert. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of like the play purpose and knowing what what they're trying to get at. I think that that in addition to this, you know, Dak Prescott having more of the reins will help not have so many of those seeming miscommunications mm-hmm. down the field. Because it felt like that was a good amount of the interceptions as well, where it's like, who are you throwing the football to? Because when, when you know, the wide receiver cuts one way and Dak's throwing it the other way or things of that nature. That led to one of the interceptions in the San Francisco game where CD ran a choice route when it could have been a different route based off the communication that they should have been having. And they see, you know, there's an interception there. So, yeah, I, I found that portion of this really interesting and I do think that that will be largely a benefit. But there is a part of me that thinks if 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 what we were seeing prior was not something where he was being held back, what does that ultimately look like? And everybody's already talked about it, right? This is going to be a telling season for Dak mm-hmm. Prescott. I tend to believe, and I believe you do as well, that it will be telling in the way where it's like, oh, no, he is he is the you know dude who protects the football. He is the dude that can get the ball down the field to his wide receivers. But again, we will see. And we saw some of that today. He had a beautiful throw and hooking up with Brandon Cooks in practice today during 11-on-11 drills. That's not the one they talking about, KG. Well, that's the one I'm, I, I thought that was a lot of fun to me. There was one that was throwing, they used throwing to Brandon Cooks where Nashawn Wright wrote um, Brandon Cooks right smooth out of the play. And uh, Malik Hooker came over and got a, a, a fly ball interception. That's the one that people talking about. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. No? Okay. Yeah, I'm not talking about All that. Right. Uh, the last thing I'll say on this particular portion of the CD conversation is that, look, Dak going into year eight, it appears has full ownership of this offense. And if that is the case, the trust factor between him and McCarthy will have to be on full display throughout the course of the year. Because if you're going to allow Dak to make all the checks and all the calls and set the line in terms of protection and what he's seeing schematically out there, now you've got to allow him to not only remain aggressive, but trust that he's going to make the throws based on what he's seeing. And that means everyone and what CeeDee Lamb's been talking about here is on the same page because CeeDee Lamb talked about this as well. The difference between teams is not just the fact that everyone can make plays because everyone can make plays. How well can you communicate on a consistent basis to alleviate turnovers and mistakes that can be back-breaking plays that can lose you playoff games, which is what we're trying to see the Cowboys eventually get to this upcoming year and going beyond just the wild card in the divisional round, but hopefully deeper into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, CeeDee Lamb talked a lot about communication. And, and look, I implore you, right? There's a lot of times where we're like, yo, go listen to this. And I know folks are like, ah, you're just doing some level of promotion. Allow me to, like, dispel that notion for you right now. Go listen to the CeeDee Lamb interview. If for no other reason to hear a dude that is, like, grown into his own and is, like, really comfortable, CeeDee Lamb was phenomenal with Sean and RJ. And I know some of that was Sean and RJ and Bobby themselves, but some of that is just, like, CeeDee Lamb growing into himself, getting more comfortable, growing into the role that he has. Like, a lot of that came through in this interview and cut 12 does speak to some of that where, you know, again, I mentioned he talked about communication a lot. And one of the question was where does it mean, or what does it mean rather when you hear the communication on offense needs to change? Communication can mean anything, right? But in as far as the terms of football is verbal and nonverbal, he could switch a play without even saying anything. So therefore nobody knows what's going on. So he could be checking the protection, but also talking to us. So therefore it would change our route to a different, you know, angle or, or you know, just change the whole play. And I feel like we, we were lacking a lot of that last year. Granted that we, we, were, we were high on the communication, but it is definitely instilled in this offense, instilled on this team. And uh, we've been working on communication since 
San Fran, right? So uh, mm-hmm. just being big on that, being on the same page is probably the most important thing in the NFL because everybody's good, everybody's talented, everybody makes plays. The like what the only edge that you can't have is being on the same page and having a crazy timing. And timing beats anything. There you go. So if this team is able to put it together on a more consistent basis when it comes to alleviating communication issues and problems, you're going to see a much cleaner football play from Dak Prescott this year, in my mind, when it comes to cutting down on the turnovers, which will help this team remain one of the more effective offenses in the National Football League. Absolutely. So that's going back to the communication. Mm-hmm. I, I I remember what cut I want to play, and it's cut 19 here. Uh, CeeDee Lamb talking about himself because remember, started last season, he mm-hmm. was like, oh, you're wide receiver one now, right? Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper's not here. And it seemed like he kind of struggled. We'll talk about that when we go into weeks five and six of my rewatch of last season. Um, but the second half of the season, we, you know, it was a crowning moment for him where mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, he is now a wide receiver one. And Sean and RJ asked Sidarian, what did you think, or what did you think or do in the second half of last season that made you stand out more as a number one wide receiver? Started being more aggressive, being true to myself, doing what I love. Uh, at first, it was a bit tough. It was a bit rough. Obviously, not having Dak, and then working with Coop, and we had to. We it was just a change in my game. Uh, quite honestly, it was just uh, I was thinking a lot more. Uh, I was in my own head a lot more. But as far as when I got Dak back, it was just like, all right, you know what? You just got to go out there and do what you did. Do what got, do what got you here. Enjoy the game. As far as have as much fun as you had before you got to the league, before all this craziness was on your back, and just go out there and do what you love. And that's the mindset I have now. So just going out there, playing a game that I love with the guys that I love and building this camaraderie, and I'm trying to go get a ring. And honestly, you know where that really came from me in terms of that emergence of what we saw from CeeDee Lamb really taking hold of that number one slot, for, at least for me anyway. Mm-hmm. It was at Green Bay. In Green Bay, he put together one hell of a football game, had over 10 catches, I believe had over a buck 40 in that game, you know, a couple touchdowns. Like, CeeDee Lamb put on a show in Green Bay. It's like, oh, now he you can tell that he's taking over the reins as that number one guy. And I think part of that, too, and he talked about it, you know, working with Cooper Rush and trying to get on the same page with him during the early portion of the year, once Dak came back, he was on another level and really ascended to what we saw was an all-pro season from him last year that I think will continue to springboard him into what will be another fantastic and productive season for C.D. Lamb. But, yeah, it was the Green Bay game for me where he really took off, and it felt like he was that dude who felt like anytime the ball needed to get to a guy, C.D. Lamb was willing to be that guy to make a play when they needed it. Uh, C.D. Lamb is well on his way to having, I think, another all-pro season as a top 10 wide receiver in this game. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, his answer there really does point to the idea and I that he is going to – like, this is who he is now, right? There, This was yes. not like a level of a fluke of a second last season or, a la, you know, second half of the season, rather, last season. Because in that interview, and again, I can't stress this enough, go listen to it. 105 Through the Fan on YouTube. Uh, you can go on the website and go to the podcast page, the Odyssey app, wherever you go. Um, he was very technical in a lot of places. He gave you a lot of insight into the position and into the way that this offense plays. When he was talking about it right there, he was not talking about technical technique and stuff. He was just like, no, I just needed to shirk some of the some of the thoughts, some of the thinking, and just make it more more natural, more visceral. And that is the CeeDee Lamb that we saw that was a monster, a menace for teams. And that makes me feel really good about Sidarian because now it's like, oh, okay, no, this is just naturally who he is 
when he steps out and he just allows himself to play. And so I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see this offense with a, a better communication from quarterback to receivers to tight ends to running backs all the way around. Uh, I'm just excited to see this offense. I, that doesn't quell all my concerns because, you know, there's rightfully so. We haven't seen them play football games in this mm-hmm. offensive line. We've only seen them one day of padded practice. But uh, I am I am I'm feeling better than I was uh, la- a week ago about this offense. We may mention it a little bit later, but man, Tyron Smith got whooped on a rep today by Micah Parsons. Now you say, Kevin, Micah can do that to a lot of people. He is. It looked especially bad when he whooped Tyron on a particular rep today. By the way, that game that I was mentioning, CeeDee Lamb against the Packers, 11 catches for a buck, 52 touchdowns. Is that good? Uh, it wasn't bad. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't bad uh, as CeeDee Lamb. Uh, terrific interview, as Reg was mentioning, with Sean and RJ today. We encourage you to go to 105thefan.com. Also on YouTube as well to check out the near 20 minutes uh, that CeeDee Lamb sat down with Sean, RJ, and Bob. He talked about uh, his offseason, uh, his unhealthy relationship apparently with clothes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> A lot to take in with CeeDee Lamb. Tips for keeping your teeth white. All sorts of stuff in there. Yeah, don't drink coffee, apparently. Don't give it away. Um, now people won't go listen. Well, they got there's a bunch of other stuff. They got oh, okay. Too. All right, cool. A lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. It's a get right. Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Uh, shout out to the 940. Uh, Dak was drafted in 2016. Uh, he is now the longest tenured starting quarterback for one team in the NFL going yeah. into year eight. And I get why you asked that question because it's like, yo, he's just now getting. Sure. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I have concerns, but I'm still intrigued by the prospect of it because, again, as much as people want to talk down on Dak Prescott, he is not a terrible quarterback. And, like, I. Top ten quarterback. I think you can just look at look at the types of people that are saying these these good things about Dak Prescott. They're not dumb people, right? Especially when it comes to football. Uh, so like, I think there's there's a level of credence to be given here to the idea that Dak Prescott might have just been in situations that were not uh, optimal or like not even optimal because I knew you you don't need to have the perfect situation to get things done. But we're like not going to be the best to help him get you know done what you want to see him get done. And I think that. It's worth saying you have some concerns, but also that this is an intriguing development when it comes to, you know, offensive uh, play calling for him. It's to get right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League. This Bronco is done for the season. This Cowboy has been suspended. And Jim Irsay might want to pay his running back because of this. Next on the get right. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. When you value real independence, you own it at Classic Chevrolet and Grapevine Shop. New Silverados with once-a-year July 4th savings. See them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. But hurry, the best models will sell fast. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Relax and enjoy the difference and find new roads. I was hoping this song would come a little later on in the show and naturally find its way to... uh a segment we'll do a little bit later on about what happened this weekend in Las Vegas. But here we are. Uh, it's the get right with Reg KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Yo. Regal Mendoza holding it down for you. About to go around the National Football League here in just a second. It's funny because I'm referring to, obviously, Errol Spence and Bud Crawford. Mm-hmm. No, we, we got it. And I texted Reg as soon as Eminem showed up and this song started to play and Bud Crawford and Eminem are walking out together. 
Yeah, yeah both of them just walking. Cause M, I don't know why, why. Did M have a microphone? Because I felt like he had he a did. microphone, but why did he have it? Because he didn't do nothing with it. Yeah, right. he didn't speak. He didn't do nothing. No, he did. He introduced Bud, but he didn't do the song like live like I thought he was going to do once he, you know, showed up there right next to Bud Crawford. But he literally just had his track playing. Um, I'm trying to figure out, find the text that uh, I sent you, make sure I can be able to read it on there. Let's see here. Uh, can I find it? Oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> I texted Reg as soon as this uh, song started. I said, I know you're losing your mind right now to what you said. I don't know. You don't remember what you said? I really and truly don't. And I quote Reginald Atatula, whack-ass walkout. I stand by it. <laughs> Even after what happened? What does that have to do with the walkout? Clearly he was inspired. Oh, Errol won the walkout. <laughs> Errol won the walkout. Like, that's not going to get him anything. He got his keister handed to him in the ring, uh, which was still astonishing to me. We'll, talk, we'll talk about it later. But Woo! no, no, Errol won the walkout. Let's go around the national. That's about the only thing he won. Let's go around the national football league here. He run one round one too. <laughs> oh, he did win round Don't one. Don't cheat my boy. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> speaking of taking L's this weekend, uh, people with microphones in front of their faces apparently. Um, it's microphone in front of your face season. I guess when it comes so. to football, I guess so. If you want, if you want to say something wild, now's the time to do it. Training camp. Hey, all, all at every camp in America when it comes to NFL football. Oh, boy. There are radio stations and TV stations, all sorts of people looking for the quote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because let's start in Indianapolis. We'll get to Reg's favorite correspondent here in just a second in Ian Rappaport. Um, but in Indianapolis this weekend, just a lot of drama-filled action, none of which really took place on the football field. They did have some injury news at running back. Uh, they'll have to mention because of some of this as well. But Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, has had a pretty good start to his career. Yes. Had a little bit of a down year last year, but pretty good start to his NFL career. Say, so, hey, uh, Mr. Ursay, I would like a contract extension. To which Jim Ursay promptly said, uh, no, you're not getting one of those. And not only that, quote, this is from Jim Ursay, it's a real quote, quote, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. We know that. The National Football League rolls on. It doesn't matter who comes and who goes, and it's a privilege to be a part of it, end quote. When I read that quote, when I got to my fight party on Saturday night, I said, this can't be, this, this is a real quote? Like he said this out loud? Sure. That absolutely sounds like something uh, Jim Irsay would say out loud. And then I had to remember who said it. Yeah, I was like, well, Jim Irsay ain't afraid of you. <laughs> Jim Irsay like uh, Bernard McCullough right, by Bernie Mac. I ain't scared of you. <laughs> I can't say the whole, you know what I'm saying? I know, uh, yes. And I was like, peace. he ain't scared of y'all? Like, oh, man. What y'all going to do to him? In the NFL? He's already he's already been through the valley. They not stopping him on nothing. He's going to say what he wants to say. And you know what's funny about it, though, with Jim Irsay is like, technically correct, Technically correct, the NFL is like bigger than all these people in it. Hey, however, but you don't say that out loud, Jim. Like, however, what you're doing there is very nasty business, Jim. Wild it's work. Very nasty business. Like, nasty work. Like very, very directly saying to his face, "Hey, you do not matter here at all. <laughs> we, will, we will throw you out of here." Which like, is kind of like jazz and fresh prints, buddy. Don't you, don't you test your luck. You're lucky to be here. That's basically what he was saying. Which, like, again, 
in a way, like the NFL will keep rolling without any yes. of these people. That being said, nah, nah, that's that's real nasty. But think about buddy. the the irony of those words that you were able to summarize in that way. What's been the whole thing with this running no, back no. thing? That, like, it's not irony. Like this absolutely <laughs> tab- ties in. Like Jonathan Taylor himself looking up and being like, "Look, man, I've already had an All Pro, right? I've already, obviously Pro Bowl in that same season. Yeah. Right? Like I've I've taken a lot of carries. Now is the time where I have the most leverage." And the NFL is like still like no. Yeah, it don't matter. We can still manage to make the and like this is why I point to it. The idea of all oh, man, the running backs need to you know get together and do something about this. What they gonna do, right? Like this is built into the system to be able to use up a running back, particularly like Jonathan Taylor, because they be putting that ball in his hands, buddy. Yes, and then yes. D- dump him off like not even giving a second contract. Like we don't gotta get, we don't gotta d- contact or talk with you. Don't worry, we are a season away from drafting a dude who will do seventy five percent of what you do. 80% of what you do, maybe 90, 95% of what you do, and never thinking about you ever again, right? Like, that, that, that is the way that the NFL is built. And it's just, like, it's a really sad reminder that even in the instance where dudes probably have the most leverage possible, and let me tell you, this is the instance where he has the most leverage possible, right? It's not a surprise that Ezekiel Elliott got his contract when he did. This is the time where you're coming up on that, you're on that rookie extension, get it done a little bit before. The problem is he dealing with somebody that just does not care. In the Ursa, like Ursa, you, you ain't telling me nothing. More from the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport as the world turns with Jonathan Taylor and Indy. That was a crazy scene in Indianapolis a couple days ago. Jonathan Taylor officially requesting a trade uh, after meeting with owner Jim Ursa. Actually, the trade request had come a couple days before. Wanted to discuss it. Really meet with Ursa face-to-face and did that. And to me, I kind of thought, all right, well, let's see where this goes from here. And it has gone and it has gone. Here's what happened yesterday. A couple of local reporters, after speaking to cold sources, reported that the team was essentially threatening to put Jonathan Taylor on NFI, the non-football injury list, because of what they deemed a back injury, back injury, uh, that he suffered while not playing football. Well, Taylor then responded in a very purposeful tweet saying that he did not have back pain. He has not had back pain, and these people need to have new sources. Now, it's clear the Colts believe there's some sort of back pain. Jonathan Taylor certainly does not. If the team was going to retroactively put him on the non-football injury list, they would have to do so with a failure to disclose the injury. They would have to allege that Taylor lied to them and did not disclose a non-football injury. And to my knowledge, that does not seem to be what happened. But that is how complicated this has gotten. This is how nasty this has gotten. There aren't too many instances of teams going so public with a essentially a campaign against their best players. Not a lot of precedent for this. Uh, Taylor, who, of course, wants a new contract, now wants to be traded. We'll see where this goes from here, but uh, these bridges are they're, they're burning. And it's all because they can. <laughs> I feel like this went from zero to 100 just like that. Well, again, like these <laughs> things don't happen in a vacuum. I imagine that all of the ownership and front office are looking at these running back things and like, yeah, we got to nip this in the bud. Y'all not getting out here and making us look stupid. <laughs> Um, and there's another reminder, right? Like the idea that they're trying to put him on the non-football industry or injury. And I had forgotten about that part of it. Yes. It just speaks to just how many different avenues an NFL team has to try and take this money away from these players and to try and like exercise some level of authority over these players. This is why for the life of me, I have to get this out. This is why for the life of me, I will never understand why some of y'all, not all of y'all, why some of y'all put on, for ownership and management. 
Oh, uh, I could probably get to some of the explaining that, but we ain't got time for that, and that's not really. That's what I'm saying. Some, some cases, I get it. Most of the time, nah, man. Most of the time, I'm on this player side when it comes to stuff like this, and this is part of the reason why. Right here, uh, speaking of the Colts and running back issues, uh, Zach Moss broke his arm and is out four to six weeks for the Indianapolis Colts. So they've got another running oh, back issue. I forgot issue. that they had traded him because I was like, dang, that sucks for the Bills. Wait, no, 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 no. They made that trade last year. Oof. Well. Yep. So Zach Moss, who was working with the starting offense in the absence of Jonathan Taylor, suffered a broken arm in Monday's practice and will miss roughly four to six weeks. This coming from Stephen Holder of ESPN. So more issues when it comes to running back in Indy. Injury problems continuing to pervade the NFL. Unfortunately, Tim Patrick's season is over yet again. The wide receiver from Denver suffered a torn Achilles today in practice. He is done. This is after he missed all of the 2022 season with a torn right ACL. So in back-to-back years, he is going to be out for the entirety of the NFL season as he was carted off the field uh, and an MRI confirmed the Achilles tear today. So... Just real unfortunate uh, times for Tim Patrick as he's going to be missing a second consecutive season in the NFL. Really hated for that man. And you know what? You know what's even worse is like around them parts in uh, Denver. The response is probably, "Well, Marvin Mims season, right?" Like that's that's mm. that's the NFL. Like they talk about next man up, and like we made it like a good thing. Really stinks for that other cat, in doesn't it? That's messed up, man. Uh, hopefully, uh, the best for him moving forward. Cowboys had some news today off the field. That is because Ronald Jones has been suspended two games for PEDs. Uh, This coming down earlier today, Dallas Cowboys running back Ronald Jones has been suspended for the first two games of the regular season for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. Of course, he signed a one-year contract with the boys in March. He can continue to practice during training camp and play in preseason games. His suspension takes effect on September 3rd. He will be eligible to return to the Cowboys on September 18th, a day after their week two matchup with Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Obviously, practicing and uh, leading up and getting into uh, preseason games will probably help him. But, like, I'm wondering if that two-game suspension ain't just a little too late for this thing to, like, have shaken out a certain way. And, obviously, uh, Mike McCarthy probably knew about the suspension when he gave a gave this quote uh, before we uh, before we knew that uh, Ronald Jones was going to be suspended, but he was at McCarthy was asked uh, who caught his eye behind Tony Pollard, and he said, "quote I'll tell you, I'm loving Rico as in Dowdle, and it's great to have him back. Malik as in Davis has taken uh, that jump that you're looking for. Those guys really jump out, and obviously we've got to get Deuce as in Vaughn involved. <laughs> so he didn't make a single mention no. of one Ronald Jones, but again." He probably did that knowing yeah, Ronald coming. Jones probably probably not going to be playing the first two weeks. But I do wonder if that also means Ronald Jones, thanks for stopping by the booth. Like, I do wonder if that's what that means. All the best to K.J. Hamler. Speaking of the Broncos once again, uh, the Broncos depth chart at wide receiver, unfortunately, took another hit as well. As K.J. Hamler announced on Instagram today, he has been diagnosed with a mild heart irritation called pericardi- pericarditis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, good, he, "Good correction there. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he said he would miss some time, but intended to be back on the field this season after treatment with medication. So the Broncos 
uh, waived Hamler with a non-football illness designation on Monday. Sources tell ESPN the move was made to let him undergo treatment and potentially bring him back later if he is cleared. Yeah, I think they need a roster spot. I do wonder, as you mentioned that, though, with him being waived, does he have to pay for that on his own? Right, like usually, if you're on a team, you know, team insurance or what have you mm-hmm. gets that taken care of. Is he just going to be technically not under insurance and go, you know, got to go that alone? That kind of stinks, but yeah. Apparently, after feeling some chest pains while working out uh, on the break before camp started, he said uh, that's where he started to feel the the pain. Yeah. Um. So and th- thankfully, doing a little Google's because I'm nobody's doctor. Pericarditis can be like resolved within a few days. Mm-hmm. So like I heard mild heart stuff, and I was like, I was like, Ooh, what heart, what heart yeah. stuff is mild? What are yeah. we doing here? And I was like, oh no, that yeah, you're, y'all were right. It might actually be mild. My bad. That's a trip around the National Football League here on the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next here on our fine program. Oh, we continue in my rewatch of last year, the 2022 Cowboys season. And this this week, week five and six, both on the road at the Rams and the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, respectively. We'll do that next on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.